Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As the Bucks' roller coaster start to the season continues, they go down to the Heat 119 to 108 in a game that uh, they largely led from the start of the second quarter or early in the second quarter right through to the beginning of the fourth. Uh, a game that was a roller coaster in itself, Frank. I tweeted out these numbers, but quite remarkable that the Bucks actually were 22% from the field in the first and fourth quarters, and then 51% in the second and third. There was a stretch during the third quarter where I thought, well, the Bucks are up double digits. So there's no Jimmy Butler. They're gonna they're gonna cruise to a win here. The Heat don't seem to be able to stop them. And all of a sudden, the Bucks could not get a basket to save themselves again. Uh, just a, a strange game. All in all, and the Bucks are back below 500, two and three on the season. Yeah, it's like the good old days when the Bucks like wouldn't be able to get over 500. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, except except now they're you know we're hoping this team is a title contender, and uh, it's obviously thankfully very early. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a, a pretty. I mean, I hesitate to say bad loss, but I mean, just the context of you know you're up 14. I got at least a couple points in the third quarter, and you know, Miami's playing without Jimmy Butler. I mean, that that's a game that, you know, is right there for you to take and, and run away and hide with. And, um, you know, the Bucks just, I mean, typically what we always say, right? I mean, if, if you don't outshoot them from three-point range significantly, Bucks should win that, you know, those games every night. And tonight, three-point shooting was, was basically dead even. 16 out of 41 from the Bucks, 15 out of 39 uh, for the Heat. I think we would have gladly, if you told us you're going to get 16 threes tonight, we would have said, awesome. I feel really good about this. Um, but the Bucks, very uncharacteristically, lost the game inside the arc. 58% for the Heat, 39% for the Bucks. They just could not make any shots inside the arc. And Chris Middleton was terrible scoring the ball. Three out of 15, his hot streak uh, had a, <laughs> uh, you know, at least a one-game abrupt mean reversion. Drew Holiday, similarly, four out of 15. Um, he at least hit three out of seven threes. So he had 13 points on those 15 shots. Um, but he was inefficient and Dante Givincenzo's streak of 50% shooting nights also came to an end. Um, he had what four missed layups, uh, acrobat, albeit acrobatic, but, but he was back to his, you know, acrobatic layup missing sort of ways. Five out of 14 again, did hit three out of seven threes, which you love to see, um, five rebounds and assists, three steals, a block. Uh, 15 points, uh, actually the Bucks second leading scorer, but, um, you know, Giannis who had his own very frustrating night in many ways, again, actually ended up being the only buck starter who shot better than 50% from the field, 10 out of 18, two out of six on threes, 26 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists had a big distributing night, especially in that second quarter, three steals, a block, uh, did have four turnovers, but, um, you know, just, he didn't have enough offensive help, uh, other than. Uh, you know, just getting some some 
three-point shooting from Holiday, DiVincenzo, and Pat Connaughton popped up with hitting four threes off the bench. But for the most part, Bucks hit some threes, and they really didn't do much much else. Um, you know, uh, pretty much 39% from three, 39% from two, and um, you know, even at the in the paint, 36 to 36 for both teams. Um, and you know, you look at the you know, I guess you can you can obviously sort of slice and dice this many ways, but the Heat win by 11, and they were plus 12 at the free throw line. So that obviously was was another part of the game that that fell their way. And uh, you know, we talked about the turnovers last night. Miami had 22 turnovers tonight. You know, Bucks had a, a nine turnover advantage to play with. And you know, again, you can kind of pick and choose these things. But you tell me the Bucks would would be even from three, and the Heat would commit nine more turnovers. Again, you'd feel really good about this game. But uh, you know, ultimately the Bucks just could not execute uh, offensively and to a lesser extent defensively felt like, you know, defensive rebounds. They weren't getting defensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. And I don't know how long they finished with 17 points in the fourth quarter, but it felt like they were stuck on eight for about <laughs> more than, more than half of that quarter. And, you know, Giannis ended up scoring six in the fourth, but missed a couple layups, wasn't really involved. Chris Milton was just sort of trying to like shoot his way out of his slump for a lot of that fourth quarter. It felt like, and, you know, it felt like that was really kind of the the death knell for the Bucks when Chris just kept shooting and just kept missing um, shots. But but he certainly had a lot of company. And you know, Goran Dragic played only ten minutes last night, but twenty six points on seventeen shots tonight. Um, you know, he was I would say the the difference maker on both sides. Bam Adebayo, um, twenty two points on thirteen shots, also at ten assists. I thought he was better than Giannis tonight. Um, really frustrated Giannis in the post a number of times. And, uh, you know, Harrow had another really nice game too. 20 imports and 15 rebounds for Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Harrow, which is surprising. But, um, but yeah, I mean, again, and, and Olenek, you know, the old nemesis, uh, 15 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Um, Dragic, Olenek off the bench were just very um, annoying and, and problematic for the Bucks. And, um, you know, thankfully, Olenek also almost uh, like created a major injury for Giannis when he was coming in at full speed late in the game. And thankfully Giannis was okay, but, um, but yeah, frustrating way for the Bucks to lose is they just ran out of gas. And, you know, again, you know, these are the kinds of opportunities when you're up the way they were in the second half, you want to just put these games away and they did not. And ultimately, I mean, they just faded badly in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I don't think that this game is one that you, you're going to be furious about, but I think the point you made at the end there that you would want to put this game away is important because uh, while it's so early in the regular season, we're only five games in, uh, we are anticipating that the top of the East is going to be pretty packed and there's going to be a bunch of teams that are going to be winning games and seeding might matter. So I just think that, uh, you know, while this isn't the end of the world, they split this series with Miami, despite the fact they didn't have Jimmy Butler, you would probably like to get both of those. They picked up the win yesterday. That was very important, clearly, for the, the season. But it might be one of those games you look back on and think, geez, they really had this game in hand and should have been able to close this out. And when you combine that with the way that they lost against Boston with that bank shot, you're like, man, the Bucks have had a couple of games here that they've let slip early in the season and you just don't want to see uh, those continue to build up. I was going to talk about Chris Middleton a little bit as well. Clearly, three for 15. Uh, he, did, he looked awful. He looked he, like he wasn't able to get the same lift on his shots. A lot of them were short. Uh, and I wonder, the back-to-back chasing Duncan Robinson around, I, I wonder what kind of impact that had on him. We spoke yesterday that he did a fantastic job on Duncan Robinson in game one, chasing him around those screens. And it's really interesting to look at the box score, actually. And when you think about 
Miami and the way that they're able to hurt you by running a bunch of pick and roll, dribble handoffs, uh, double screens. They run guys and fly guys around the perimeter. There was one stage in this game where Eric Spolster was going absolutely nuts to set up a double screen for Avery Bradley at the top because that was when the Heat were really starting to roll. And Spolster is one of those coaches that understands what this Bucks defense is going to do. At that point, I believe Pat Connaughton was on the floor with maybe Thanasis and Spolster was like, all right, let's go. Let's start shooting threes now. We're going to get whatever look we want. But Duncan Robinson just wasn't able to get involved in either of these games. All up, he played 48 minutes across the two games and only took eight shots, which is kind of insane to think about, especially given the fact that Jimmy Butler isn't in. But I think overall, we saw a Miami team that is closer to what you would see in the playoffs, even if um, you know Butler wasn't there, because Myers Leonard picked up the the DNP coach's decision tonight. I think that was smart. He only played a couple of minutes uh, last night, and so did uh, Harkless. I mean, he played eight seconds, but whatever. Basically, a DNP as well. Both of those guys started, so clearly the Heat got uh, Iguodala back tonight, who didn't score, but he's just still disruptive defensively. He was able to pick up a couple of steals. Uh, or oh, a couple of strips. They didn't actually credit him with a steal, but there was a couple of plays that he was able to strip uh, Bucks players as they were getting into the paint. And I think it's just, it is a more playoff-like lineup that we saw tonight from Miami, particularly with Goran Dragic, as you said, only played 10 minutes uh, last night and was right up to 26. But again, you know, for this Bucks team, they shot well from three. Uh, as you noted, that's really becoming a consistent thing to start the season. But uh, Mitchell Maurer was the one who tweeted out the, the shot chart. And I know you spoke about the percentages from two, but just 50% in the restricted area and then four for 14 in the paint elsewhere. So overall, 18 for 42 in the paint is just disastrous. It's, it's a terrible uh, night for the Bucks inside uh, the line there. And yeah, just back to Milton, I do wonder whether chasing around Robinson did take its toll. And if it did, that's certainly noteworthy moving forward. Although in a playoff series, you're not going to be asked to play a back-to-back at least. That's something. All right, let's talk about betonline.ag now. And uh, if those of you out there are college football fans, perhaps you'd be interested in checking out the lines on betonline.ag for college bowl season. I, I saw Wisconsin today won some sort of game. I don't know. I'm not a big college sports fan, but they broke the trophy straight after the game. I don't know what was going on there. But if you are interested in checking out the lines for not only uh, college bowl season, but also NFL as the playoffs uh, start to draw near. And of course, the NBA, then there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NBA, and in particular, the Bucks, doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wages Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. What's so remarkable about the Bucks sucking in the restricted areas, I mean, look at who Miami played. They started Bam at center with Andre Iguodala at power forward, and the other guys on the floor were Harrell, Bradley, and Duncan Robinson. Not exactly like 
the you know group that you would say, oh, that's how you build a wall to <laughs> to stop Giannis and company from getting easy buckets, right? I mean, obviously, Bam's, Bam's a great defender. Iguodala's still a really smart defender, but there's not a lot of size there. And and obviously, the wings are obviously all you know relatively undersized or under strength, you know, comparably speaking as well. And they look who they play off the bench. You know, Kelly Olynyk played 29 minutes. Precious Achua is obviously he's physically a good tools guy, but I mean, obviously he's not like single-handedly locking down the paint or something like that. He played only 12 minutes was a minus two. So it's not like that was, what was the difference, but basically, you know, and the other guys who played, you said Harkless obviously barely played. Um, you know, Vincent is a small guy guard, yeah. hit a couple of shots. Kendrick Nunn played nine minutes, Dragic, um, you know, they, it's not like they were playing, you kind of like what we saw last year where they had, you know, Iguodala with Crowder, with Derek Jones Jr., with Bam, all these really athletic guys that, that you could really understand, like, while they were able to, you know, frustrate Giannis and, and prevent Bucks from getting stuff going to the paint. I mean, this was a very small, undersized team for the most part. Um, and, you know, again, it's not like Olenek and Dragic, Vincent, Nunn, these guys that play off the bench. These are not, like, guys you would say are defensive players um but again Spolster got them to you know do their part again did the whistle go the bucks way perhaps not right when you just look at um the ineffectiveness the bucks had around the basket you know um there were you know there was the uh probably the most funny play was was when bam um got off balance and just sort of threw himself to the ground to draw a foul on brook and then brook basically mocked the ref by throwing himself to the ground as they were waiting for the free throws um so yeah and there's probably some some unkind whistle there i mean Giannis only shooting four free throws is a bit of an eye opener to me but ultimately you know i think bucks can mostly just blame themselves they just didn't make shots and obviously we ran down the list of of all the guys that didn't make shots pretty much all the starters but Giannis didn't make shots and and Giannis himself really struggled really other than the third quarter he you know he scored um 14 points in the third quarter but uh prior to that had really just been mostly impactful as a playmaker. And then the fourth quarter um, kind of got uh, lost in, in the shuffle again and, and really didn't have much of an impact in the fourth quarter either. So, um, so I, again, I thought this was just a game where the heat were just the better team and the bucks just didn't really show the, you know, the requisite cohesiveness to, to obviously, close this game out when they clearly had an opportunity to do so. And he just started to make shots and the Bucks really didn't have answers on, on either end. And, you know, um, uh, you, you hope that obviously these are games that you start to, to that start to swing the other way. Cause it was right there for them. Let's talk about the interesting rotation thing that we've seen over the last two games. And I'm talking straight up about Thanasis. Uh, he played again tonight. Now, uh, I will admit, he only played 10 minutes in this one, so it wasn't quite the 20-plus that he had last night in the blowout, but he did see first quarter minutes, and he also saw fourth quarter minutes. And and I, I just don't know. There's only a couple of things that I can put this down to. When Yana spoke with the media last week and he said that he had conversations with Bud about getting more minutes, I can only assume that maybe he meant he had that conversation with Bud about him and Thanasis. Or the other theory I came up with, is in the Supermax extension, there was uh, some sort of clause that said uh, that, that Giannis 
is going to have to play 36 minutes. But instead of actually specifying Giannis, it just said an Adetokounmpo would play 36 minutes. And the Bucks are just taking that as, we're going to keep Giannis at 30, but Thanasis is going to be guaranteed minutes every single night. So I, I don't know what's going on, Frank. Uh, Bud said yesterday post-game that he just thought that he could bring a little bit of energy. And look, he, he was fine. I mean, it wasn't disastrous, but he's still overly aggressive. He's just a foul machine. And really, to me, when I look at this team, it's not the end of the world. It's only game five. But if if you're not going to, if Tory Craig's going to be injured and you're looking for an extra guy to play on the wing, why don't you actually put, put a guy on the floor that has an elite skill, which would be Jordan Wara with his three-point shooting? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to stomach Thanasis minutes. It was pretty weird. I mean, um, and, and like you said, he really wasn't, I mean, he wasn't bad. He, he had one that, that uh, transition play where he came away with the ball and, and tried to Eurostep <laughs> Kelly Olenek, which just yeah. predictably was an offensive. I actually was probably, I mean, it was kind of one of those things that could have been a block, but, yeah. you know, Thanasis just is asking for a charge because he clearly shouldn't be trying to do what he was doing. But, um, but you know, hit a, two out of four from the field, and he drew a, an offensive foul on Olenek in the first half. He drew a, a push-off on Dragic in the second half. Um, and I think he I think he blocked Dragic on, on a play. I mean, the weirdest part was, I mean, he was guarding – Goran Dragic, like yeah. in the fourth quarter. It's not just that he was out there, you know, in the vague vicinity of Kelly Olynyk or, you know, Andre Godala or something. I mean, he was actually uh, repeatedly tasked with guarding Dragic. And I don't, I don't recall, like, it wasn't like disastrous or anything like that. He actually was probably acquitted himself better than I would have expected, but it's just a weird decision to make. Um, and again, if the idea is let's just try some weird stuff and, you know, keep them off balance. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a, you know, it is a st- bit of a strange decision for sure. And I, I don't really know what it means. Right. I mean, I think DJ Wilson had <laughs> played well enough that I think you, you wouldn't have said, you know, pull him and, and throw the Nassus in. Um, but it, it was definitely surprising uh, to say the least to see the getting, you know, and obviously yesterday was a bit weird because the game got out of hand so quickly, but tonight getting meaningful minutes and again just 11 total it's not like he was out there for 20 minutes or something like that and playing down the stretch but he, i mean he was in there at the start of the fourth quarter when Giannis was getting a breather after Giannis had played the entire third third quarter which had, obviously i don't know how many times Giannis played an entire quarter last year maybe once twice like it pretty much rarely if ever happened um he played 38 minutes tonight um and looked pretty gassed by the end of the third quarter but uh when, when he when he got fouled at the end of the third quarter uh, and went to the free throw line. I was just expecting him to like airball a free throw. I was like, he's looks so gassed right now, but thankfully hit both of them. But yeah, the Nassus, I, I don't know. It's an interesting development. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, he's a guy I, I, I like, I, I, I want him to do well, right. If he's, it's sort of a weird thing where I want him to do well, but I think we all know, I mean, he's obviously not a guy that if you feel like who's, what's your best group to go win a game with you obviously would not pick the Nassus um, <laughs> out of the guys you have available. So uh, we'll, we'll be interesting to see what that means. And if this is some sort of harbinger of, you know, as you were saying, some sort of broader um, commitment to try to see what they have with them. I don't know. Um, again, it was not why they lost the game tonight, but certainly not something that I would have expected to see, you know, at, at this stage of the season going into obviously a pretty, a pretty notable, uh, back-to-back against the Heat to, to think that we were going to see Thanasis play, you know, first half minutes in both games and, and 
uh, and, you know, be getting some of the assignments that he did is, is definitely surprising, but, um, I don't know. I was glad to see Pat Connaughton hit, hit four, three pointers to at least get off the schneid a little bit, but, um, he also got cooked by, by Harrow, uh, a couple times there as, as Harrow really started going at the end of the third quarter. And that, that was really when I thought that the tide of the game turned, um, you know, he, Connaughton was, was the guy defending Harrow on an inbound sure. with only a few seconds left. And he got, you know, basically defended the inbound and then Taro just sprinted down the court and hit a three, which was a super difficult shot. But Connaughton was completely, you know, caught flat footed on, on that play. So again, not to try to bury Pat Connaughton at every, every turn, but when you talk about where the kind of game, where the tide was turned, where the, you know, it felt like the game sort of slipped away. Um, it really felt like that late third quarter where Giannis was on the floor and some of the other starters had gone to the bench and Giannis was out there with some of the other bench guys. Giannis continued to score, but, um, you know, Miami sort of to start to get, get what they wanted, uh, on both ends a little bit. And, uh, you know, and then the first start of the fourth quarter, they just started hitting some threes, which again, that's going to happen. You know, it's not like they got lucky or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's really where it felt like that, you know, that the, the big swing happened and ultimately Miami 31 to 17 in the fourth quarter, but I, I forget what the, the, the ultimate uh, difference was I, th- I thought I saw somebody say it was like 46 to 24 or something like that over the final, you know, 16 minutes or something like that of the game um, as that, that Bucks lead just completely vanished and ultimately the Heat won pretty comfortably. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball podcast, than any other fantasy basketball show. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts. Do agree. It was nice to see Pat knock down some shots. And sometimes, I mean, I we spoke about this. I mean, Buck's Twitter in particular is is fiercely against Pat Connor that it feels like right now. And it's kind of funny because, I, like, I understand that at times he, you know, can be a, a frustrating player. But again, you're talking about the guy that's seventh or eighth on the roster. And I do think that the frustration with Pat is more or has more to do with perhaps greater frustrations that the fans have with Bud and the fact that he keeps playing yeah. Pat. And when I'm watching yeah. these games, and we saw it on the opening night against uh, the Celtics when he was defending Jason Tatum, and then tonight again when he's defending Tyler Hero. And, I, you know, for me, it's hard to sit there and say, well, fuck Pat. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm sure that maybe there's a part of him that's thinking, why am I guarding these guys? Like, this doesn't even really make sense right now. Bud has unlimited faith in him, apparently, defensively and sometimes I'm just like I I don't understand what I'm watching here I don't understand what these lineups are and with with DJ I mean it's it's not a good sign for him Uh, I would have thought if the Bucks were going to play Thanasis then fine if they were going to do it at the start of the season as you sort of pointed to maybe they do want to sort of commit to seeing what they have then that's totally fine but the fact that DJ was one of the first off the bench in the first three games and now all of a sudden he's just been benched for Thanasis just seems very strange to me. And it's unfortunate for DJ Wilson because we spent some time in the preseason talking about him and he looked pretty good. Unfortunately, his hands are just terrible. And he always seems to get himself in fantastic positions to get a rebound for a putback. And he's just not unable to hold on to the ball. And it's kind of reminded me watching him these last couple of weeks about watching Thon 
because we always said the same thing with him. Everyone always made the jokes about the fact that Thon can't handle the ball. But DJ Wilson has, has been like that the last couple of weeks as well, just unable to secure the ball. And for what we've spoke about, he's talents defensively it's a shame it's a shame that now I I don't know what this really means for him but again you pointed to it when you play in Miami a team that clearly there's motivation to beat and clearly a team that's going to figure in playoff calculations for that to be the matchup that DJ Wilson falls out of the rotation and you go with Thanasis uh not really a great sign there and uh I know I know you mentioned Dante DiVincenzo and look, he, he sort of had a rough finish to this one. A number of those layups that you mentioned just wasn't able to finish those off. Although I will say, when you talk about the Bucks 18 for 42 in the paint on the night, I think 28 of those shot attempts actually came from Brook Lopez trying to put the ball back in the hoop on a putback in the second quarter, I believe it was. It was unbelievable to watch how many times he could miss one uh, putback. Brook finished 3 for 11 from the field, and I feel like almost all of those misses were on the one play. Yeah, well, that was probably somewhat emblematic of the Bucks' struggles tonight, right? I mean, they lost the game because they couldn't couldn't make layups and two point shots. Um, and uh, you know, Dante, Dante, yeah, when he's one on one in in transition, I feel like at this point we just need to say just peel it back out. I mean, you know, he it's not like he's missing wide open layups. Like there, he has a very elegant way of getting some of these layups off, but. They're just really hard for him to make. He's not hes not a big guy, um, and he just is not effective finishing these types of plays. And so it, it does feel like he needs to just be a, maybe a dial back the aggression a little bit when yeah. he's trying to attack in, in, in transition. And again, I don't think that's something that necessarily Bud is really going to try to push for or something like that. But, um, I mean, that probably cost might have cost the Bucks a win on opening night when he tried to go at Jeff Teague and, you know – Instead of didn't even just miss, you know, he he ends up turning the ball over. Didn't even put the ball up on the rim. You know, we've seen a number of times like tonight. Giannis had a putback dunk. I think there was at least one other putback on a Dante miss. You know, everybody knows you got to run to the rim when Dante's driving because he's probably going to miss. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's certainly still a weakness of of his game. And you know, again, some of those are are plays he's creating, and so it's almost like well, you know the just being in the position to take that shot took some, took some effort and some talent, but you know, ultimately if you blow the layup, you obviously would have been better off just peeling it out and, and resetting the offense. And he had a, he had a play in the fourth quarter as well, where he, he just was trying to do way too much. And again, I, I felt like Middleton was for me, the, the main culprit, he put up some just really difficult shots when you, I mean, you know, he was struggling shooting and some of the shots he took in the fourth quarter just felt like he was just trying to get him up or something. And uh, you know, again, it kind of goes back to something we talked about in the playoffs last year where it's just, Bucks just feel like they sometimes are trying to get everything back at once or, you know, like just trying to rush up a shot as though, you know, that's going to solve their problems. And, you know, you got to, again, just value, value your possessions, be a little patient when you're losing. Cause again, there's no 10 point shot, right? I mean, you know, six, seven minutes left in the game, you don't have to be super rushed about everything, you know, trust your defense a little bit and, and do your thing on offense. And it felt like they just did not have that, that type of patience tonight. And, and again, some of the, you know, just missing some gimmies, Giannis missed two layups, you know, again, some of that stuff is, uh, it is what it is, but, uh, but he, you know, Dante like had a play where he ended up almost dribbled the ball around his defender. Did you, you remember that play? It was yeah. bizarre. Like, okay, dude, like, yeah, what are you doing? Um, but to be honest, I, I, the thing that jumped out at me was Dante had a terrible defensive night. I mean, I don't know how many times he got beat, on backdoor cuts, Avery Bradley beat him repeatedly. Dragic beat him once or twice. 
I mean, the Heat are really good at moving off the ball and, you know, they're savvy, they're pushing off, they're doing stuff. And they lost him a number of times. He struggled to get over picks. He had a really poor game, I thought, defensively on a night where, you know, again, with, with the, the people that they put out there, you know, throwing Bradley into the starting five, uh, you know, you had Bradley, Harrow, and Duncan Robinson, all guys that, that obviously really like to move without the ball and, and are going to put pressure on you as a defender. And that obviously puts pressure on the Bucks. Middleton, Dante, and, and Drew, they were all going to be under pressure to, to really move well and, and kind of keep their heads on swivels. And uh, I thought Dante was the guy who obviously just repeatedly dropped the ball, got beat. Um, and obviously, you know, he's a good player and defensively he works hard and you expect better of him. So tough, tough game for, for Dante, even though he'd ended up, did end up scoring, you know, the 15 points, but, um, yeah, uh, this is a team that just, we saw in the playoffs, they, they really pressure you to stay disciplined defensively. And there were just a lot of breakdowns and, and I thought Dante was obviously a guy that, that was principal among that. And on, I think it was one of those plays where, um, on the weak side, Avery Bradley just pushed pushed him off a little bit and completely beat Dante. And uh, I think I think that was what triggered um, Chris Middleton and Giannis to kind of get into it a little bit in third quarter on the on the bench. I think they they had that camera angle on the FS Wisconsin feed of them arguing about something, going back and forth. You know, not being too bashful about it um, about some sort of defensive breakdown, and then they showed that play. And again, it was Dante who got beaten, but it looked like Chris wanted Giannis to to kind of hedge over and try to help. Um, which again, I don't know that Giannis really could have seen the 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 back cut from from Bradley exactly. But uh, but yeah, frustrating night and and some frustration on the sidelines is obviously Chris also just offensively was bad. He got beaten a couple times down the floor. Uh, I think not long after that, he got beaten on after a shot, let somebody get behind him as well. So. Yeah, pretty pretty forgettable night for for a lot of Bucks uh, in a game where uh, you know they played well enough to to be in a position to win. And you know, as, as we've said a few times now, just a, a lost opportunity here, and you know, a game that should have probably gone in the win column. Instead, you're back down at at two and three rather than three and two, and feeling good about yourself. Yeah, and just on that altercation, I'm totally fine with Middleton speaking yeah. up as well. In fact, it was kind of cool to see uh, that he was able to be that vocal uh, with Giannis and whatever. They figure it out. We saw that the next play, uh, Middleton threw a perfect lob to Giannis. They get a basket. It's, those guys have been together for so long, and we just haven't really actually seen that from them. So to see that, um, I, I thought it was actually kind of cool. Uh, one thing I wanted to say about Bud, and this is more wider perspective of what we're looking at for the broader picture of the regular season and the postseason. Uh, I didn't see this tonight, Frank. I, I was doing something or I was, I was looking at something on my computer or box score or whatever it was. The, I saw that Eric tweeted that on, it, was, it must have been literally one possession. They run a box and one on Duncan Robinson. I didn't see this, but it was interesting that Eric at least noted that. That's not really something I remember Bud doing in the past. But we spoke about some different things that they've tried defensively at times. We've seen Giannis uh, blitzing pick and, uh, on pick-and-roll coverage. We've seen, And it hasn't always worked, by the way. We've seen them try some different things that haven't exactly worked, but that's totally fine. I just think every time we do see something different, it's at least, at least worth mentioning uh, that that's Bud you know, maybe not as much as you would have liked, but he, he has tried some different things. We know they were switching uh, in the fourth quarter against Boston there as well. So uh, some signs, again, of Bud trying some different things, which I think, again, uh, despite the loss tonight, it's always positive if you start to see these things uh, tinkered with a little bit more throughout the regular season. 
Yeah, and these are sorts of things where, I mean, if 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 it happens once or twice in a game, and and it's easy to kind of miss it or lose it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, there was there was a play um, in the fourth quarter where Brooke was actually pretty high up, um, and Dragic came around a screen, and I can't remember if it was Drew or who it was, but couldn't get a contest, and, and Dragic ended up hitting hitting a three, and Brooke got a contest on it, but obviously not not enough, and. Um, I think it was Jared Dubin had a comment about like, oh, Bud playing his drop coverage. And it's like, well, that that's actually not like a typical, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Brooke was, was out near the three point line. Again, we can say it wasn't high enough, um, but that's not just like, oh, Bucks just playing their drop coverage. I mean, that, that we, we always, I mean, there's just sort of the knee jerk whenever the Bucks lose or, you know, a team does things offensively that it's just, oh, the Bucks just played their drop coverage and they didn't adjust. And it was just the same thing. And, and that's really not, I mean, again, as fans, I think we just sort of, and I've done it at times too, right? I, I think we just sort of fall back into the the reflex of just assuming it's no no adjustment. It's just zone drop, blame everything on that. And again, the, the game is subtle and, and the Bucks, like most teams, will try different things on different possessions, especially late in games when they need stops and things like that. And um, ultimately, the, you know, the, 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 the real measure of this is as a coach, did the stuff work? You know, did you, did it work more often than not? Did you get stops? Did you win games? And so I think, you know, I think people probably have underestimated the extent that the Bucks, you know, do have made small adjustments, even in regular season games in the past. Um, but I think there's obviously been lots of room for fair criticism for what the Bucks have and haven't done in the playoffs. Cause you know, we've seen the results there. So yeah, I, I it, it's going to be a theme throughout the season. Um, what do the Bucks do differently? Um, and, you know, we can say experiment. And then we're also obviously free to say, all right, well, putting Thanasis in and having him guard point guards maybe isn't the experimentation <laughs> that, we were, that we were assuming we would look for. Uh, but, but we'll see. Uh, it's, it's really early in the season. There's a long runway here for, for the Bucks to sort of figure some things out. Uh, and, uh, I think it will be interesting. I think what you mentioned there about Giannis and we saw him again being very aggressive defensively uh, in the fourth quarter. I think that's something that I, I imagine will probably be a theme of, of Giannis. Um, maybe not again, having the green light to just do whatever the hell he wants, but, but them using Giannis more aggressively than they obviously use someone like Brooke, um, which, which obviously makes a lot of sense. Um, and again, that, that doesn't necessarily mean it's some magic magic potion but as as we've also talked about i think just doing different stuff being unpredictable i think there's there's value in that and especially when you have weapons like Giannis who can do different things i think you want to give them opportunities to to do different things to kind of play a little bit of that chess game with the opponent so anyway i don't know that we've got a whole lot more to say to say about this game but um i was checking to see all right who they have next bulls on friday obviously that is a game that uh you would not want to lose uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, we think Bucks Twitter is bad, you know, after losing to the Knicks or after losing tonight, after having that big lead, I, I shudder to think what it would be like, uh, if they lose on Friday to, to the Bulls, but it's been a weird season. We've seen a lot of weird results. Um, and really you can't really count on, on anything night to night. So, um, yeah, you just hope the Bucks take that, that game as seriously as, I think they've taken these last couple nights, um, but obviously tonight just the result uh, was ultimately not there, and uh, now it's on to the next one. 
Yep, absolutely. I mean, uh, right off the top, I mentioned the offensive numbers, the shooting numbers in the first and fourth quarter. And we spend a lot of time talking about the defense, and that's going to continue to be a focus. But I think what we saw for a half a game, again, is that this is going to be a pretty damn good offense. Uh, unfortunately, they just, they just had two really cold stretches, and we've seen that to start the season. Like you said, there's weird results right across the league, but they are two and three, and they'll try and get back to 500 so there isn't going to be a podcast tomorrow which uh will be uh new year's day for you guys over there in the u.s it's going to be new year's day already when i would normally be recording but there won't be a podcast for january 1 but when the bucks are back the next day on the weekend we'll do a post-game podcast for that one so we'll catch up uh, with you guys then with everything that goes down with that game against Chicago, as Frank mentioned. But the Bucks are two and three. They lose to the Heat one nineteen to one oh eight. It was a bit of a, a rough watch, particularly in the fourth quarter. But uh, they've gone loss, win, loss, win, loss so far this season. So I guess that means a win's coming up. But Frank, always appreciate you for everyone out there. Stay safe. We'll catch you guys after the next game.